done this thing. Hello and welcome to episode two of our new show. Um, this time, well, uh, we're somewhere in Europe again, yes. aren't we? Yeah, what is they call it? Middle Europe, isn't it? Like Little Europe, somewhere, don't know where. Don't know the time period no. for sure, although no, this true. film does, with technology, we can sort of like pin down kind of, sort of, it, it where feels this like is. It, um, it feels like it's more in the era of Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah. than a lot of the other films are. But yeah, they, they, I, I suppose it's quite a clever thing not to pin it down. Mm. Um, but it's an half create uh, continuity nightmare later on, doesn't it? In some of the later films where they, they go, and it was 100 years ago. It's like, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it moves in time and it moves yes. in geography. It does, um, by, by a huge and, and the castle changes completely. Yeah. Um, but, and uh, so does Dracula. Uh, so does Dracula, yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, he appears less and less as Christopher Lee's uh, um, price goes up and up. Yeah. It's funny, his price goes up and his lines, uh, go line down, amount yeah. go down. I think it's 11 lines, I think, he has in this very 11. first film. He's positively chatty to be, to in be this fair, film. It's, uh, that's 11 more than he gets in the next one he's in. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, this is um, uh, Dracula or if you're American, Horror of Dracula. Mm -hmm. um, when did you first see this one? Because well, this is a difficult one for the UK because this was never shown. No. Was it? And as you said last time, if they're going to show one, it's usually Prince of Darkness, isn't yep. it? Yeah. It was never Scars of Dracula. No, no, Scars of... And I, I wonder if it was uh, Prince of Darkness because I know in America for a long time, Prince of Darkness was public domain through some copyright slip up or something like that. And so you could, the amount of um, compilation tapes they've got, you know, like 50 horror films for $2. And uh, Dracula Prince of Darkness is on all of them in a very nice widescreen print. But yeah, so it must have been public domain at some point. And I wonder if that affected it over here. Perhaps perhaps it was cheap to show for the BBC or Channel 4. I don't, I don't know. More so than this one. Because I... I I didn't see this one until it came out on VHS. Because it was one of those, a bit like the original Night of the Living Dead, it was one of those where in my collection, I didn't have it. And it was like, oh. So for me, it all started with Prince of Darkness. And then finally got to see this. Um, and it, we'll have to discuss it as well, because obviously we're, we're big fans of uh, Bram Stoker's novel. And it's interesting what they do with it here. Yes, Yes. In some respects, it's it's really faithful. In other respects, it's not at all. No, no. Um, I don't think I ever bought it on VHS. Yeah. I think my, my, my initial Hammer library was, yeah, all um, videotaped off of BBC One of, on yeah. those Saturday nights. You set the timer. You know, I know I had quite a few, but they were, were all home recordings. I can't remember one Hammer film. In the video age, I mean, as I, soon as DVD came yeah. out, yeah, I, I was buying I, them. I can remember um, my first video recorder that I owned. It was a, 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 a Baird top loader. And um, Baird. I bought it. Baird, that was a oh, classic. They had piano keys on the front, so you had to go... Yes. <laughs> and when you ejected the tape, it shook the house. Because yeah. that top loader went... Boom! And everything moved in the bedroom. It was like um, a landing platform in, in science was fiction, wasn't it? Like, um, come up. Wired remote. 
It's just amazing. <laughs> but but part of the I bought it from this little place in Abingdon um, that doesn't exist anymore, and um, they were selling. They were refurbed. They were one hundred and sixty nine quid each, which was oh. a lot. I mean, I was only getting forty quid a week wages, so that's you know three and a bit weeks wages. Say a month's wages to buy this machine. But one of the the benefits is he had like uh, uh, thousands of tapes, the old card sleeve tapes, mm-hmm. um, and you could get ten pick ten films to go with your video. So I remember spending probably a good two hours <laughs> going through and uh, picking tapes, and a couple of them I got were um, Hammer ones. There was the one of the Mummy films, not the original one, but one of the later Mummy films, um, and there was one of the Frankenstein ones, but I can't remember which one, in the old car sleeve. So they, they were definitely available on VHS for rental. Um, but yeah, my, the first time I saw this, it definitely wasn't on telly. It was like I bought the video. Um, I seem to remember it was one of those HMV ones where you used to get a, car, you know, a set of cards with it and things like that. Um, but I, I was amazed when I got to see it, you know, mm. being a, a big old... Dracky Boy fan, because um, it is, uh, for all intent, you know, we're, we're probably not giving any spoilers away. It's a damn good film. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, as is customary, or will be customary, you can't say it's customary when you've only done it yeah, once. Yeah, say, is it customary or yeah. it will be customary? It uh, will, in the future, have been customary at some to, point when yeah, you listen back. Behind the scenes. Yes. Right. So, yes, just like Hammer did with Quatermass, here we're on to something. Let's make another one. Um, you know, Curse of Frankenstein was an absolute smash, wasn't it? Um, and, uh, yeah, um, more please. So, um, you know, they, they knew they were on to something with the, the, these bloody colour gothics. Um, so it was totally logical to follow it up with Dracula, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I, I mean, Universal did it. They did it the other way round. But... Yeah, you you always look at these two because they're public domain. Um, ah. Universal weirdly, uh, even though the Dracula was public domain, they paid for the stage version by um, Peggy. What was her name? Peggy Weblin or something like that. It had been converted to a stage show very very early on. Dracula. Um, in fact, uh, Bram Stoker did a reading, didn't he, at the Lyceum? Yeah. Uh, to to copyright it on the stage, very very clever man, um, and the the stage version unfortunately is exactly what it is. It's like a two room um, lounge thriller, um, so it's a bit staid and it's a bit plain. And I think sensibly, Hammer went with no, <laughs> we're we're doing our own thing. Um, so so yeah, it, I, I'm glad they did because another version of that stage play yeah you you look at the first universal dracula and it yeah. is like a stage play isn't it uh, yes. um, yeah. you, you can totally see that up on the stage that set yep. that it, the, the 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 drawing room drama yeah even the camera work is very put the camera at the front of the stage where the audience would be and hope for the best yes yeah you say public domain but no when when they made dracula it wasn't the 50 years since bram stoker's death um, that that wouldn't happen for five years. In 1962, Dracula actually, actually became public domain. Yeah, and the trouble was Universal, as you say, back in the 30s, had you know uh, done this contract, and in this contract, it said we own the rights to any film version of Dracula, yeah. 
up until you know 1962 when it went into the public domain. So if if Hammer had just waited five years, they wouldn't have had to have done this deal with Universal. But of course, you know, they wanted to, yeah. and I can't think of any other gothic that they could have done other well, than Dracula. They could have done something like uh, Murders in the Rue Morgue, which was never a good story. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, that was one they could have done because um, they're all based on, you know, original novels rather than mm. uh, straight made by Universal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand why they would end up paying them because, like you said, you want to keep the momentum going. Who's to say in five years' time horror wouldn't have been in vogue? No. You say pay them. No, they didn't pay them. They just did the deal that Universal would have the distribution. Ah, right. So, right. Yeah, so I suppose in, in respect, they, they gave them goods in kind. Rather yes, than yeah, them. rather yeah. than a lump sum. Um, talking about lump sums, this film was made for £81,000. Um, and again, Jimmy Sangster was given the job of uh, writing it. And again, because he used to be a production manager, he knew uh, how much 81000 would stretch to. Yeah. And uh, stroke of genius, Jimmy Sangster, because he knew that they couldn't afford the whole, you know, travelling to the castle by Jonathan Harker. It was scripted, but they never filmed it. The whole crossing to England was never going to be considered. You know, no. the, all the landing at Whitby, no changing into a bat or anything like that, because they didn't have the money, you know? Uh, I, although I love that in the book, I don't think many films have done that well the whole Jonathan Harker bit uh and the the arriving in Whitby because it, it even in the book it's a massive sort of coincidence series of coincidences um so I, I'm sort of happy they didn't because it does it does give this a bit of a a kick up the ass that the the novel needed yeah um I love the long one I've read it so many times but there is that middle section you know, when it's just, it's like, oh, yeah, he's here. Just get on with it. Yeah. Find some yeah. next, damn it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, in this one, it's very, it's very, very quick pace. Um, also, you say about uh, um, Sankster being a, a very good sort of work into the budget and knowing how much things would cost and then knowing to chop things. Um, I think we mentioned it in the Frankenstein one, but this one is just a, a, a lesson study it for how to use your sets mm. it's amazing it's like the the, the the one staircase set get gets used three or four times during this film they just redress it it's just it's it's brilliant it's the it's the cemetery it's the uh the cellar it's yep. dracula's castle and it's one of those things where you don't notice it until it's pointed out and then it's like oh my god yep. it's so obvious yep. but yeah very very clever <coughs> mm. um, when we were in the green room just then, um, when you popped into the green room, I said I was on uh, Amazon yes. um, because um, I'm just about to read a quote from Jimmy Sangster's book, and uh, which is a great book. It's called Inside Hammer by Jimmy Sangster, um, and uh, and I, I heartily recommend it. So I thought while I was waiting for you, I'll just go on Amazon, see if it's uh, still around. Oh, yeah, you can get it off of Amazon. 67 quid. It goes for now. That's a lot for a book, isn't it? It's madness. It's madness. Um, I, I got it because I met Jimmy Sangster. Um, I went to a, a sign-in at the uh, 
Cine Lumiere, which is in uh, uh, South Kensington in London, they very often would put on um, uh, hammer signings and screenings. They, you, you always had a couple of the more obscure dramas. Um, definitely, I remember with that one, there, there were two Jimmy Sangster scripted dramas they did. Nothing to do with fantasy or anything. It wasn't even horror. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was there. Old Jimmy Sangster, charming man. Um, lovely little fella. Um, I'm going to put on Facebook when, when this comes out in the photo album for Dracula, uh, a photo of me meeting Jimmy Sangster. And he's laughing his head off and he's like patting me on the hand. Um, and the reason he's laughing his head off was I said to him, what I always like looking at photos, you know, from the fifties and the sixties of, uh, you know, behind the scenes photos is you've got the like of, you know, Anthony Hines and Terence Fisher, and they're all, you know, typical fifties men in their, you know, suits and ties, yeah. smoking a pipe. And Jimmy Sangster looked so cool because he always had, a, had like a leather bomber jacket on and a quiff, <laughs> you know, and uh, he thought that was quite funny. So, he wasn't uh, any teddy boys, was he? Hmm? He wasn't one of those teddy boys. He looked like one of those teddy boys in some of the photos. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've got a signed copy. So if you can get it 67 quid off of Amazon, God knows how much my, my one is. But the reason I've whipped it out, matron, is, uh, yeah, um, something... Um, uh, I've got a little quote from him regarding, you know, what was cut out of, of the uh, yeah. novel for the film. Quite a bit, yeah. yeah, this is... This is Jimmy Sangster. He says, I've been asked on numerous occasions whether or not I omitted the character of the fly-eating Renfield for budget reasons. The answer to this is no. The character in the book spends most of his time in a cell and would have cost very little to shoot. If I'd thought he added to the plot, I would have kept him in. But when making decisions like this, as well as the budget, one has to bear in mind the running time of the finished movie. Remember, way back then, a program consisted of two features along with news and trailers, so the idea was to keep them short. The final running time was 82 minutes. Add to that another 80-minute picture plus 15 minutes of other stuff, and you had a program of under three hours. I sometimes wish they'd do that nowadays. Now we okay. have films that are over three hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says the three-hour movie would invariably be better if it was cut to two. Yeah. In those days, when writing a script, by the time you reach page 110, you better be thinking of ending it pretty soon. Okay, so that's a yeah. quote from Jimmy. Quick and dirty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with him. In, in On paper, in a book, you can get away with having very, very interesting characters that don't really contribute to the plot because that's the nature of a book and reading it. And, but in, in the film, because the character of Renfield, realistically, he's, a, he's an interesting character, but he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything for the plot other than give Dracula an in to the, the uh, sanatorium. Yeah. Um, so I totally understand cutting the character of Renfield out completely. I, I agree with him there. They did... Um, they basically brought Renfield back for Prince of Darkness, though, didn't they? Mm. There's a character in that that is just Renfield. Uh, does the same thing. But yeah, I, th I think the stuff that they've cut out of this, the stuff that Sangster cut out, is very, very intelligently done. Mm. This isn't just a, a hack job. It's in, and what annoys me is um, a film I was just hideously disappointed with was Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Not only because... Uh, 
if I had to ever had to put it up at the cinema, I wouldn't have fitted it on the hoarding. We wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have enough letters. Um, I hated the fact that in all the publicity stuff, they went, uh, this is, if it's not in the book, it's not in our film. Which is a, a downright lie, mm. but also didn't didn't realise what Sankster realised, which is the fact that it's in the book doesn't mean it's got to be in the film. No. Spirit is everything. And, and yeah, so I, I immensely prefer this version to that version. Yeah. I mean, in this version, I don't miss Renfield. No. I don't no. miss Quincy. You know, no, Quincy. The the. I mean, there's a reason they cut Quincy out of almost every adaptation. Um, he's such a pointless character, and it? it was just. Um, it was basically uh, Bram Stoker, very much like Conan Doyle, going. I quite fancy a career in the states. Let's paint Americans as supermen. Mm. Uh, and Conan Doyle did it as well. And it's yeah, it's like no, he's not. He's not a good character. And it's, unnecessary. It's, it's, yeah. he, they're, they're, he's not needed. Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, and I, I quite like norm. Like I say normally I'm a bit of a bluff old traditionalist when it comes to uh, film adaptations, but I quite like in this the mixing up of the characters and the the truncating of relationships, so it's all much tighter. Yes, it all makes much more sense, um, which is what you want in a eighty-seven minute film. Yep. Yep. All right then. Well, sh- shall we talk about the film then? Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the... Let's uh... go, let's go. This is the story of Dracula, a creature who destroys all whom he touches. Dracula the terrifying, the feared, who sleeps in the tombs of the dead by day and arises at night to inflict his terror upon the innocent and the unsuspecting. You must help me. You must. You're my only hope. You must. This is not Lucy, the sister you loved. It's only a shell, possessed and corrupted by the evil of Dracula. How do you destroy a fiend who has so far proven himself indestructible? Those who come to end his reign of terror stay to become his victims. Castle Dracula is summoned here in Klausenburg. Will you tell me how I get there? You ordered a meal, sir. As an innkeeper, it's my duty to serve you. When you've eaten, I ask you to go and leave us in peace. This is the doctor who dares to challenge the vampire Dracula. This is the anguished man who fears for the lives of his beloved, the girl who is his sister, and the one that is his wife. Dracula, the bedeviled master of all that is evil. I guess you've got it on Blu-ray. 
Oh, yes, yes. Is it the most recent Blu-ray? I think it's 2017. Um, the one where they really restored it. And I it's think got so, tons yeah, of extras. Yeah, there's loads of extras on it. There's the Japanese scenes put back in. There's lots of things about uh, extras about colour correcting and and fixing all the grain issues and mm. stuff like that. So I that's the one. Is, yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and it says at the beginning that it's a um, a, a restoration by the yes. BFI National that's, Archive yeah. with the generous support of Simon Hessel. That's it, because it's actually uh, I think there's three versions on it. There's the the normal cut, there's the restored BFI cut, and then there's a restored cut from about two years before, mm. um, which is, having looked at them, I can't really see that much difference, other than picture quality is a lot better. Mm. But uh, yeah, I watched, for the, for the purposes of this, I watched the latest version, the latest, most heavily cleaned up version. It's very clean in that, but, but as they say on one of the extras, you know, um, th th there was this chance uh, visit by Simon Hessel to Tokyo, um, yeah. to their film laboratories, where they did have um, um, some of the reels. But there had been a big um, uh, flood there, and a lot of them were water damaged. But it seems that every three years, they would they, every uh, reel of film they would take out and re-spool, you know, just to stop it yeah. all you know, sticking to itself. And uh, that very day, they were running, you know, the last two reels. And, uh, yeah, so that's how come um, we have now the, uh, the Japanese missing bit. And it's not just the, the, the disintegration of Dracula at the end. There's a bit more to the seduction of Mina as well yes. was in this yes, Japanese yeah. version, you know? Yeah, it, and they're only very small trims and very small bits, but they do add to it. Um, yeah, it, it, the... The the version that we've got at the moment, I think, is the best version we've ever had of this. Yeah. Probably looked better than the original cinema screenings for some of the cinemas, to be honest. But, yeah, it would it would have, because, you know, a film only looks as good as the... Uh, as the uh, skills of the projectionist and yeah. how good the projector is and how clean the portholes <laughs> yeah. are, you know. No one wants you... a hairy porthole. Yeah, if you've got a grubby porthole, you're not going to look too good, are you? You know? No one's going to be remembering you if you've got a grubby porthole. Yeah, put that on a T-shirt. Yeah. So, yeah, st the film starts then. We have the Universal International, uh, yep. the it's 60s the era of the thing. And then I that like score that. starts, well, the yeah, classic... This, this is a... James Bernard. Yeah, this is another character almost, isn't it? The score. Um, one of Hammer's best. Um, and I, I was watching a, a YouTube video a couple of months back, and it was looking at film score. And, and um, there was this technique uh, for film scoring where uh, a lot of composers, and uh, especially uh, Hammer's ones, they would compose a score by making the music fit the title of the yes, film. Yes, that's exactly what James yeah. Bernard did. It and is this, Dracula. Yeah, Dracula. Um, it's, it's, if I can find the link I'll, to the video, it was a while ago, I'll put it on, because there, there's one that's a really long-titled film, and it actually fits with the music. It's just astonishing. But this was a thing. It was a, a you know, this isn't just a, an afterthought where you go, oh, it, it fits, you know. No, no, it even, was conscious. Even, yeah, because um, uh, even even Star Wars was done for it, you know. 
Stars and that the the jokey bit in Saturday Night Live where they had Bill Murray sing in it. Yeah, nothing but was Star actually, Wars. Yeah, was actually a thing because it was written with that, and it, a, a lot of uh, films were done. John Barry did a lot of his scores doing it the same way. Um, but this is brilliant because when this this score is it's a leap motif for Dracula, isn't it? Yeah. Whenever he appears, that <laughs> and it's great. It's it's just beautiful. Um. We're straight in now, aren't we? We're straight in. We're at Dracula's castle. Yeah, none of this mucking about eating, uh, you know, um, Parmesan chicken and things in several uh, several inns that you get in the book. Yeah, we're straight in. It is a stroke of yeah. genius that, you know, Jimmy Sangster drops Jonathan Harker straight in there. At the gates, yeah. At the gate, arrive on foot with the intention of killing Dracula. That's a major change yes. from the well, novel, it... but it's brilliant. Yeah, this this was one of the, when I first watched this. This was the biggest shock for me. It was like because it starts off and they know what they're doing because it starts off and you think uh, I as the viewer I've read the novel I know what's going on. Poor Jonathan Harker because he's 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 narrating his diary entries which soon gets forgotten. Yeah. But they put it in there because that's how the the novel was written as diary entries and newspaper reports and that. And so they put it in. It's great and it starts off like that. And John Harkin's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a castle Dracula, and I'm going to be the new librarian. Blah, blah, blah. And it's only later on after he's met Dracula that he says why he's come here. And yeah. it's brilliant. It's such a cut, cut the chafe out of this. Um, yeah, John, in this version, Jonathan Harker and Van Helsing know each other, and they're working to destroy Dracula, who's been terrorising this neighbourhood somewhere wherever it is (laughs) for centuries um i love this castle do you know what what this castle was well was this just a set no it's just a set it's just it's so well done my only location stuff is the border where you got the checkpoint so this was just the the hammer guys built it yep imagine it got used for loads of hammer films that was probably eventually worn it away to nothing absolutely Um, yeah but yeah it's a great great set um, I do worry that Dracula's crypt is just down three stairs from the entranceway. This this annoys me in this yeah. film that he's got he's got this whacking great big gate, yeah, which leads through to the main door. But he's also got a side door. Yeah, his crypt where he sleeps and is vulnerable yeah. is basically in the shed. Yeah, and and John, Jonathan makes a a point of looking at it. Yes, as, yeah. as he goes to the gate. I do like the nod to Nosferatu where, you know, he says after he's crossed the bridge and he's actually on the grounds of the castle that everything, um, you know, is is colder and chillier and everything. Yes, the mood yeah. to the place changes. I mean, it's interesting, especially given the next film, but at this point, they're, they're consciously uh, done away with a lot of Bram Stoker's uh, things that Dracula could and couldn't do. So later on, Van Helsing says uh, he can't turn to mist, he can't turn into a bat, which obviously they forget. And this one is running water, isn't it? Dracula's got a stream running across his yeah. front driveway. Yeah. Um, I also love the fact that later on, when Jonathan Harker uh, hides his diary, he hides it about 10 feet from Dracula's <laughs> front door. Yes. But then later on, Van Helsing said, or the barmaid says to Van Helsing, um, Someone found this at the crossroads. So the crossroads to the main <laughs> village 
is ten feet from Dracula's door. And Van Helsing doesn't know the way to the castle yeah. as well, but it's at a crossroads. It's at a crossroads. So, yeah, the, 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 the geography of this film is a nightmare. Don't, don't worry about no, it. Just no. sit back and enjoy the ride. I'll tell you what, what's a not a nightmare, and I'll sit back and enjoy it, is when he lets himself in and you have that lobby area, that yes. sumptuous lobby area. Bernard Robinson sure knew his stuff, didn't he? Oh, the sets are magnificent. It, this, this film looks a million dollars. That's a bit of a strange phrase now, because a million dollar film looks like shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this film looks like $140 million. Um, yeah, it, it, it's gorgeous. This whole set is gorgeous. Um, and, and something else that a lot of films miss out on, sound design. Mm. This sounds brilliant because they're dubbing, you know, they're dubbing on someone walking on marble floors and echoey. It, it just adds to the creepiness factor. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a direct lift from the book. The fact that uh, you know all the candles are lit, the um, you know the fire is in the grate. There's a note from Dracula to say I'm yep. going, I'm going to be late. Um, um, eat well, you know. And of course, I always find that quite puzzling when I read the book that it's Dracula who makes the bed for yes. Jonathan Harker. It's Dracula who you know well, prepares a, his meals. There's a lovely, uh, there's a lovely scene, isn't there, in the book where. Jonathan Harker writes that he ac- accidentally caught Dracula making the beds. I want to see that scene. <laughs> I want to see Chris Lee doing Hospital Corner. That would have been brilliant. I've got um, a feeling Christopher Lee never made a bed in his life. No, I, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Well, it was it supposedly was in the military scene. So. Mm. Yeah, but he, he would have had a Batman, though, I reckon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, I forgot in my notes. Would They must give a date, 3rd of May, 1885. Did they? I don't remember yeah. seeing that. I've written it down, so... 1885, week, yeah, right. So. Okay. All right. Uh, later on, Jonathan meets good old uh, Valerie Gaunt. We had her yes, last Valerie time, Gaunt, the maid. Um, she, I guess, budget doesn't run to three brides of dracula no, she's no, the no. solitary bride of dracula yeah. isn't she which which again is a um if you're co- if you're keeping costs down um you don't need three no that's true dracula. you don't need three uh she pleads with him to be taken away that she's a prisoner and she runs off because there he is and we have a fantastic introduction Yes. Um, when he comes in, and um, I'm guessing people think, "Oh, this is Dracula; he's going to be attacked." But no, in he comes, yeah. suave, sophisticated, charming, um, everything normal, you don't yeah. expect. You know? Yeah, it, this is a this is a much better entrance than uh, Chris Adder's um, Frankenstein's creature. Yeah, this one appears at the top of the staircase, sweeps down. Um, Count Dracula. Count I am Dracula. Dracula. Yeah, Count <laughs> Dracula. You all right, mate? He's very personable. Yeah. Um, I suppose my my only I've got a few questions. They've changed the book. So, in, in the original, um, Dracula wanted to move to England mm-hmm. because he wanted some fresh blood, and people around there were, you know, he was running out of people, I suppose. So it made sense that he would hire Jonathan Harker to come all that way around. But why is Dracula? who is a vampire in this and doesn't seem particularly interested in anything else, why has he hired a librarian to sort and catalogue his books? I don't understand that. I um, don't get that Dracula... There's, there's yeah, no other goal, is there? No. No, it's not like it's not like he's, you know, he needs money, so he's cataloguing his books. You could understand. He's literally a vampire 
doesn't quite know what how many books he's got. Why is Dracula even interested in books? Would he eventually have killed Jonathan? Or I think so, yeah. Just as him as a librarian, when he's done it, he sends him on his way. And if this is just a, you know, a, a, a sort of conniving plan of Dracula's to get someone in to, to kill and drink... It's a bit complicated, isn't it? Yeah. Putting an advert in another country. You've got a whole village full of yeah. people. Yeah, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, that's that's the trouble when you make a change to a an existing story. It has repercussions and it, it's very difficult. So yeah, we just have to assume that, that Dracula wants a nice, tidy library. Mm. Yeah. Um, but mm. yeah, so um, yeah, we get this wonderful introductory scene. We meet Dracula. He's he's very charming. Um, I do love the note he left for uh, Harker. Um, the handwriting is so lovely. Mm, yeah. It? It's like, oh, Dracula, he's got lovely handwriting. Yeah. You say about um, sound design, I love the fact that, you know, when Dracula is going to take Jonathan up to his room, you only hear Jonathan's footsteps. You don't hear Dracula's. You only hear one yeah. set of footsteps. Again, yeah, very, very clever sound design. Yeah. Which is often, and especially as Hammers went on, they sort of dropped it. Um, but this is uh, th- this is very clever. I tell you what, um, watching this Blu-ray on on the big screen, when they're in Jonathan's room and the two of them are talking, you can quite clearly see that both of them have got frost on their breaths. Yes, yeah, now, I noticed that. Now that's not a stage thing. I, well, it is. They're on stage, but that—that—that's that. They haven't done, you know, a John Carpenter's the thing, and they put them in an no, ice room. I imagine they that, that studio Hammer was chuffing freezing. Yeah, Hammer hasn't heated the studio. Yeah, it's probably first thing in the morning, and yeah, you, it, I mean, it adds to it because a castle, of course, would be. There's no central heating or anything. That's why people used to wear layers of wool all the time. Um, but yeah, it's. I reckon it's just Hammer. They, Chris Lee, probably went. Are you going to put the five bar fire on no no that yeah. costs 58p yeah um so my, my other question as far as the changing of the the premise causing problems is um none of jonathan harker's behavior up to this point makes any sense if he knows dracula's a vampire because he unless so he's, he's a very yeah. good actor well he might be a very good actor but he's come along he's brought a picture of lucy yeah why would you're gonna that night you're gonna stake the person? Why would you do? And and, and Essie thought, oh, uh, I need to I need to persuade Dracula. What you know to to accept me, but maybe that's I, what it is. Yeah, Just it a, could could be. But then the he's scene. also he's shown such um, surprise that that um, uh, Dracula's bride is there as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a bit of a departure from the book. I mean, Dracula says, you know, sorry, I've got to go out, um, look upon the house as your own, but no mention of, uh, there are certain rooms in this place no. that are old and locked. They're off limits to you. I think it's because Dracula is quite well aware that his castle consists of two rooms. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he goes, there's no point locking another room. There ain't one, mate. Sangster wouldn't, wouldn't sanction it. Um, I do like that, uh, Harker, this is where we find out that Harker is a vampire hunter because Dracula leaves and he, he puts his diary up to date in, in English. And it's like, you've come to kill a vampire, but you've decided to bring your diary and keep it up to date that yeah. you want to kill a vampire. At least in the original novel, 
um, it was written in shorthand, yeah, uh, which Dracula couldn't read, but you know, it, it was quite a plot point. But in this, it's like, Harker, mate, you know, you're not a very good vampire killer, no. I mean, this story fair cracks along. I mean, he has yes. stripped so much out because oh, he, yeah. he oh. says when he writes in the diary, I'm going to wait until daylight and I'm going to kill him. So there's yeah. no, 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 none of this days and weeks. Yeah, um, wandering around the castle, learning things. No, it's like, as, soon, as soon as it's daylight, I'm going to drive a stake through his heart. But it, 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 it happens before that because even before he's gone to bed, uh, he yeah. hears the door unlock. And goes down down and stares to the library, and that's where the bride is waiting for him. Yes, yeah, she's back. Yeah, and I think this is our first real piece of hammer sensuality. Yes. As she embraces him, and uh, she goes in for the bite, doesn't she? Yeah, she uh, she goes in to bite Harker. Um, and it's, it's really well done. And, of course, then we get the absolute classic scene of just Dracula bursting in. I mean, this is where where Jimmy Sangster has taken from the book. This is the book. I mean, the book says about how you know his um, you know uh, you know the fury in his eyes and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, he he, he's furious, all right, isn't he? Yeah, in the book, it's the three brides of uh, Harker's uh, decided to go against what Dracula says. He's wandered off. He's fell asleep in another room. He sees motes of dust appearing, and it's the three brides, and they seduce him. And Drac comes in, and he is pissed. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. Uh, this man is mine. Um, and Chris Lee, Sterling, bit of physical acting. This he really throws her about. Yeah, yeah. It's astonishing. You, you probably wouldn't get away with it now, but it's a real. I, I do like the fact that Christopher Lee brings to Dracula a real animal passion. You can't imagine Bela. He would never do this to a lady. No. No, he's he's fair snarling, isn't he? Yeah, he's an animal. Yeah, he's an animal. And he has the red contacts in. Also, he he's got blood around his mouth. That's why he's gone out. Yeah. He's gone out for a bite, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's he's gone out for a quick takeaway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he's wrong, very physical. Wrong, it's the wrong area to go out for Chinese, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's very physical with Jonathan. When yes, Jonathan tries yeah. to stop him, um, and and he he he's knocked out, and he Dracula, yeah, Dracula takes the bride Sorry. away. Now, of course, yeah. in the book, um, he placates the three bi- bi- uh, brides because there's a baby in a bag. He's come back yes. with a, you know, takeaway, I suppose. Yeah. From the village. Uh, yeah, takeaway. Yeah. A little, uh... I guess that was too strong for, yeah, they, for Hammer at this stage. Got away with it um, then. You know, I think that. The only film version I can think that even goes near it is the Coppola one. Yeah. And that, that you had to wait for the 90s before yes. you would dare suggest that. Exactly, yeah. Um, this is the bit where uh, Harker hides it, so he updates his diary. Because he presumably knows that at some point Van Helsing's going to come along. Mm. Um, even though Van Helsing doesn't know where the castle is. They're, they've not planned this well, to be fair. Uh, so he updates his diary, hides it. Weirdly, why has Dracula got a statue of um, Mary? Well, these are all over Europe. You have these things, and they usually are at crossroads. Yeah. You have these little um, uh, reliquies. Is that the word? Yeah, you have a, a, a little mini altar. I've seen them yeah. many, many times in France. You'll just no, have right. a small alcove in a stone with a little uh, well, statue well, of Mary nice there. Five minutes in Britain. Hmm? Graffitied and burnt. <laughs> um, 
Weirdly, yeah, I just because it's it's literally like five five yards from his door, isn't it? It's, yeah. I just thought it was in his garden. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Jonathan he, he goes down to that weird little crypt, which has just got a normal front door on it. It's so it's like a a granny flat, isn't it? You yeah. know, you get them, people will convert their their lower floor into a granny flat. Uh, and he goes in, and in in tried and tested, stupid hero fashion, he sees Drac, he sees the the vampire woman. He goes for the vampire woman first. It is just so daft, isn't it? Yeah. So daft. We haven't said, by the way, it's a rewinder like five minutes before he goes and hides his diary. When he wakes up, he he checks his throat, and oh, unfortunately yeah. on Blu-ray, they are just like stuck on. Yes, they're like they used to get in lucky bags. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, bloody idiot. He, he decides he'll stake the, the bride. Yeah. Um, we don't see it. We just see a silhouette of the staking. And that's, unfortunately, Dracula, Dracula opens his eyes and the sun sets. I mean, timing yeah. or what? I know. They do it in a lot of these. They, and pretty much most vampire films, they do this in. Um, that's why I quite like uh, Salem's Lot, the novel. I mean, I love the TV show, but I love the novel that several times in the book they go let's go and do this and they go mm, no we've only got an hour of daylight let's wait till tomorrow yeah. sensible good yeah. people um but yeah he uh he totally screws it up he stakes her and weirdly she turns into an old hag yeah um then he goes to stake Dracky boy and he's he's legged it outside but then he comes back in yes don't quite know what what that's going on about um and then we get a lovely just fade to black. And it's like, oh yep. dear. And we cut to Van Helsing yes. arriving at the inn. And it's Peter Cushing. It's Peter Cushing. Yeah. And this, I mean, I I love an American wealth in London. I adore it. And yeah. I, I, I've said before when we featured it on Effectively Speaking that I'm sure, I know John Landis was in England for a time, you know, when they were working on Kelly's Heroes and, and other things. I said at the time, he's been in an English pub, a local pub, because this thing of you walk through the door and conversation stops. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, we've we've got two pubs in our village and we don't go in it very often, but when we used to go in there, it would, at lunchtime, you'd only have like five people in there. It would stop. Conversation just stops dead and you're stared at until you meekly go to the to the bar, order your drinks and sit down and then very slowly the conversation would start again. <laughs> and yeah, I, you got I, it here, haven't you? Yeah, it's perfect. I, I've had it a few times myself. Um but yeah, this this is great. I like this little pub sequence. Um because yeah, Van Helsing comes in, everyone stops and is staring at him. He's got a lovely coat. I like his coat. Um and then it starts to come up again. He goes and speaks to the, the landlord, and he's a great character. And um, I love it that as soon as he starts mentioning Castle Dracula and, and uh, Jonathan Harker, the landlord's like, nope. Uh, nope he goes, nope. by law, I've got to serve you a meal. Which law is this, precisely? <laughs> what? Who, at what point did they recreate this law? You know, you've got to serve him. He's asked for a meal, so you've got to do it. Very strange. It's such a trope, all this. Hush your tongue, girl. You know, yeah. as I say, 1981, it was still happening in American wealth in London. Nobody yeah. wants t to talk, yeah. but the barmaid does. I mean, it happened in American wealth in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, the, it's, the it's very much a cliche. I don't know if it was a cliche then. It probably was. 
because it used to happen in the Universal films as well, didn't it? Yeah. But the barmaid, yeah, she's like, oh, your friend was lovely. He didn't he didn't ever abuse me or anything. That's all probably yeah. a good sign in this area. Um, and we find out we're in Klausenberg. We are somewhere Where in... Where the hell yeah. is Klausenberg? Is Castle Klaus? Dracula is somewhere in Klausenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a real place, do you know? No, I don't think Klausenberg's I real. I can find anything. No. References to this, so I presume it's made up. I must say, Peter Cushing is absolutely brilliant because he's not cowled by any of this behaviour. No. He's like, what are you afraid of? And then he's points out all the garlic him. flowers yeah. everywhere. Yeah, he's instantly... This is this is my favourite, I think, Van Helsing portrayal. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. I mean, it's not very book accurate. But Peter Cushing... Is it your favourite Peter Cushing performance? Oh, God, that's a good question. Have a think about that as we talk. Have a think about that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the girl hands him the diary. Um, It had been found, hadn't it, at that Yeah, so someone someone was passing the crossroads and found it. And saw a bright red diary sticking out. Yeah. Um, And presumably, although we're not... We're in Klausenberg, everyone can read English... Um, so they took it back, bizarrely, to the pub, to the inn. Um, and g- gave it to the barmaid. to the barmaid. And then uh, the barkeep said, the landlord said, burn it. And she didn't, because he was such a nice man. Um, she lays that on a bit thick. Mm. But, uh, yeah, and so uh, now we get uh, Van Helsen brought up to date, so he knows what's happened to Castle Drack. Well, he goes up to Castle Drack, doesn't he? Just yeah. as this horse-drawn carriage, hearse, carries a white coffin and nearly runs him over. Yes. Interesting that Dracula, a being that can't abide sunlight and will melt in it, has a glass uh, hearse. Yes, yeah. A glass, uh, put some curtains up, mate. Of course, that's well, not Dracula driving it, is it? Because no, it's daylight. No, so no he's... it's daylight, so it's Dracula yeah, in it, yeah. yeah. And yet, um, he finds Harker's room in disarray. Uh, Lucy's photos have been uh, taken out of the photo frame. So, I mean, you know, that's what I don't like about the Coppola Dracula is, oh, oh, you know, I've I've crossed centuries to find you and all this bollocks, you know. No one wants a bloody teenage romantic uh, goth Dracula. I like it in this one. Because it's none of this rubbish, oh, Luce is a uh, uh, a reincarnation of my dead love. Nah, he just wants a bit of revenge. It's like you killed my bride. I'm gonna do yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like um, that. That's fine. Yeah, Van Helsing takes the side door yep. to find Harker in Dracula's coffin. That music, as he's looking in, a uh, uh, Jonathan Harker. I don't know about you, but something about the that music reminds me an awful lot of the music in the thing. Where they find the uh, the block of ice in the Norwegian oh, base, yeah, the yeah, high pitched little yeah, sort of violin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, some string instrument. Isn't yeah. It? Um, we don't yeah, see he, the staking yeah. again, do we? No. I'm presuming he um, he would stake him and cut his head off as well, because we find out later that that's what you got to do, and yes, yeah, cut the head off as well. Um, yeah. It, it, I just, I just feel a lot of Dracula's problems could be solved if he had put a lock on his door. Everyone just wanders into this castle. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we get a dissolve instead yes. to Karlstadt. We are now in yes. Karlstadt, where um, Helsing is telling Arthur Homewood, you know, the yes. fabulous Michael Goff or Gal, 
that uh, Jonathan is dead. But he won't yeah. say how and he won't say where. No, he's a bit coy, a bit coy about it. He doesn't want to tell Arthur. No, only um, that it's ten days ago. Yes. Um, and in this, uh, Arthur is Lucy's brother and Mina is Arthur's wife. Yes. Um, so a little bit of playing with it, but it sort of, it works because it it cuts out a lot of needless exposition. You just go, okay. I see how they're related. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Michael Goff is brilliant in this as Arthur. I like his performance. Yep. In fact, the whole cast is good. Uh, Mina's great as well. Lucy. Oh. Bloody wet, wet rag. Lucy <laughs> is 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 the weak point in yeah. this. Away um, a nice cereal. I mean, to be fair, in the book, she's an absolute just waste of effort, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So even though it's only ten days since Jonathan died, Lucy's already having visits. I mean, yes. I, again, this, this this don't hang about this this oh, story. None of, none of this. Yeah, he's he's not hung about. He's gone straight through the crossroads, found the address, and he's straight into a bit of uh, a bit of nighttime visitation. Yes, um, we we see very very throwaway Doctor Seward. He's not a major character no. in this one. Um, he also seems vaguely inept, as they tend to make. I always, I annoys me. I love um, Donald Pleasance's turn as Doctor Seward, but they always tend to make Doctor Seward an inept doctor. Yeah, and he's I don't not get in that. the book. He's, he's, if anything, he's the hero figure in the book. Yeah, he's, he's the audience identification figure. But yeah, he's always, he's always portrayed as um, modern medicine in eighteen ninety. They were idiots and still believed in leeches and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah. Is Lucy dubbed? Her voice is awful. I, I don't know. She's dubbed. I don't know. Because we were we were we were discussing this. Um, uh, well, it, it, I was going to say last time, but we we've recorded a lot of stuff out of order, haven't we? So, but we discussed this about um, Hammer Ladies being dubbed, mm. and uh, I think this is another victim. This is Lucy, which makes you wonder. If this was the voice they went with, what was her voice like before? I've got After a feeling this this actress ain't much of an actress. No, uh, we'll no, come back to that right, shortly. Yeah. But I always forget in this film that Cat Weasel is in it as as Van Helsing's butler. That's yes. Jeffrey Belden, isn't it? Yeah, Jeffrey Belden as again a little throwaway part. Mm. Such a good cast. I mean, even the little people are, are good in this, other than Lucy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jeffrey Belden. Um, Anne said that. She goes, was he, um, was he the Crow Man? Yeah, Crow Man in Wurzel Gummidge as well. Yeah. Yep, yep. Of course, yeah, he gets confused by the record player because, yeah, yeah um, Van Helsing is dictating into his phonograph, yeah. filling us in on vampire lore. In, in the book, that's Dr. Seward. He was, mm. he always liked to use the latest um, scientific uh, uh, discoveries. And yeah, he used wax cylinders. But yeah, it is a is a nice little bit of exposition to fill people in if they weren't familiar with vampire law and just to set uh, Hammer's version. This is the law according to Hammer, yeah, isn't is, it? This is the law for this film. So yeah, they can't they can't transform. No, that's a uh, fallacy. Yeah, that's a fallacy. Garlic repels them. Uh, sunlight is fatal. Um, repeat in, fatal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah repeat fatal. Yeah, because because yeah, otherwise you go. Oh, was it fatal? I don't know. Um, and it's interesting, in this, Dracula's more of a, just an immortal man, isn't he? Yeah. There's not a lot supernatural about him. He's just discovered the secret to uh, 
immortal life, which seems to be biting young ladies on their neck. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seward thinks it's anemia, but yes. uh, Mean asks for a second opinion from Van Helsing, and it's great. Peter Cushing's acting when he spots, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the bite marks on her neck. Um, and yeah, that's lifted from the book. The uh, he orders the garlic flowers to be yes. put around the bedroom, but Lucy says it's stifling her, so the maid removes them, doesn't she? Always the maid, Gerda the maid, yeah. Gerda the maid, yeah. Uh, who has a, a, a I don't know, if it's a niece or a young daughter. Or no, that's meant to be her daughter. Gerda looks a bit too old to have a yeah. daughter that young, but yeah, she, she had kids late in life then. Um, but yeah, Cushion is just wonderful. You He's really good in this. He, he, he plays it absolutely to perfection. Mm. Um, so, yeah, she's dead. But then Mr. Kipling, the bloke from the, uh, you know, Mr. Kipling's Tarts adverts, the police officer, brings in little Tania. Yes. Uh, who's seen Aunt Lucy, who yes. took her for a walk. This is the uh, the Bluefer lady. The Bluefer lady is, book. yeah, yeah. Um, which I always liked in the book. Again, they, they just strip it down to its bare bones, all it needs. Um, so, yeah, uh, Goethe's daughter, um, what was her name? Uh, it is, turn the page, Tania, Tania? or Tania. Tania. So, yeah, yeah she's Tania. Sin Lucy. Um, I like in this as well that, that one of the things that annoys me about Van Helsing in the books is, in the book, is he could have solved a lot of his own issues by just telling... Um, Dr. Seward, straight away, yeah. I think it's a vampire. Yeah. And then given his ring, but he spends like 15 chapters skirting around it. Oh, he kind of done you. Don't know why he's suddenly from India, but never mind. Um, <laughs> that, was my, uh, that was my mid-European accent. Um, in this, it's like, uh, yeah, Lucy's dead. Right, it was a vampire. And it, it, it works so well, because it's like, just tell him, and he does the right thing in this. He tells Arthur immediately that he thinks it's vampirism. Uh, he tell he says it in front of, you know, explains it to Lucy as well, uh, to Mina as well. So you're not keeping her out of the loop, really. No. Uh, it's just clever, cle cleverly done. Yeah. What's not cleverly done is what's coming up next, because Arthur goes to the Homewood vault, and Lucy's not there. Tanya has gone out for a walk. I don't know what Gerda's doing, letting her walk out, out during yeah. the night. Although it's not night, it's day for night filming. Yeah, very but, day uh, for night. Yeah, and there's Lucy with her ridiculous fangs. Yes. That's bad enough. But when, you know, she goes back to the vault, Arthur's still there, there um, yeah. and she goes for an embrace. That girl can't act. No, she's not. Usually in these films, you get Lucy pre being undead is a wet blanket and then when she's undead they take the chance to to show that she's uh, sexually liberated and therefore evil in Bram Stoker's view uh, and usually they, they switch it up but she is terrible as both versions mm. she's not good as a vampire she's not at all sexy or seductive um, and she can barely perhaps that's why they dubbed it she can barely speak with those fangs in but it's when, you know, Van Helsing comes along and holds the cross up. That face yes. she pulls. Oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's not. It's, it's horrible. It's terrible. It's like, um, it's the reaction you would get if, I don't know, I imagine you had a more terrified and pained reaction when you found a, a spider 
That yeah, that was on my face yeah. when I saw that spider cr- crawling yeah. up, my, up my belly the other week. Yes, but but to be burned by a crucifix when you're a vampire, yeah, not not the best of uh, of of vampire acting, especially that this has come after we've witnessed Christopher Lee's vampire acting. Yeah, it's like ooh, yeah. oh mind. dear, it's it's terrible. Um, but we again. We don't see much of the stake in, but we have got blood on Van Helsing's hand. Yes. Um, I got one question about this, though, before mm. the stake in. So we've had a scene earlier with um, Mr. Kipling uh, and his exceedingly good child-finding abilities. So Tanya met Lucy, but Helsing says, I've staked out, not, not literally, he staked out Lucy's tomb, and this is the first evening she has left her tomb. Yeah, but the so... night before, she uh, spoke to Tanya. Yeah. That doesn't make much sense, does no. it? No, um, I not get it. No. Um, you know, after you know, she's been staked and we see yeah, that shot of her at peace. One, yeah. yeah. The Blu-ray, when you see Lucy there, just lying there at peace, you can clearly see her eyelids fluttering. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, autonomic nervous system. That's what that is. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it's a it's a much more um, much more uh, graphic one than we had earlier. Yeah. Um, again, um, that weird, amazing hammer blood. That's like Kensington Gore that yeah, they called it's very, it. Didn't very, very bright red. It's not yeah. realistic, but it 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 is good. It's very, very nicely done. Yep. Um, that's when Van Helsing clicks that. Oh, when I went to the castle. There was a hearse carrying a coffin. Now, there must be records of where that was going when they crossed the border. So they've gone from one country to another one, I guess, then. Yeah. I also love the fact that Van Helsing believes that Dracula is the ultimate evil being, but probably wouldn't lie to authorities. (laughs) Um, Mina gets a message from a boy saying that Mina must go to an undertaker's. Yes. Um, And... uh, that's yeah. right. Then, then we've got the clerk in his in his pajamas with a hat on at yeah, the, the border, saying, "Nice little bit of comic relief, not over the top, but yeah, he's definitely a a comic uh, border officer." Um, and of course, because he's uh, he's he's a, a foreigner, you can bribe him easily, and they do. Yes, and that, that's when they say that uh, he says that they've gone to, or it went to that Undertaker's, the very yeah. Undertaker's that Mina has now gone along to, thinking that Arthur's there. Yes. So if she'd have dallied <laughs> for five minutes, uh, it would, she would have been all right. Because so Arthur does go there. This boy says, oh, there's a message from Arthur. You know, you must go to the yeah. Undertaker's, right? That obviously was Dracula telling yeah. the boy, go to this place and say that she's got to go to this place. So he's just sent that message, but then he goes back to the Undertaker's and gets back in his coffin. Yeah. Because that's where he is. I don't know why Drac doesn't just go to Mina as a visitor. She doesn't know what he looks like. Yeah. And just say, I'm a friend of your husband's. She's alone in the house. Well, Gerda's yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so all he's got to do, really, is go knock on the door. Hello, I'm a friend of your husband's. I've got a message from him. Can I come in? And she'll go, yeah, of course you can. Oh! Or can you step outside it? for yeah. a minute? Yeah. Yeah. 
But next morning, Mina's a different woman. She... Yeah, she's very perky, isn't she? She's had some. <laughs> she's got that, po- yeah, that post-coital glow. That's all, yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she, I, I like this actress playing Mina. I like the fact they've gone with a slightly older... It's Melissa Mina. Stribling, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah I, Melissa I Stribling. Her, but she's yeah. very, very good. Um, but yeah, she's, she's well perky. And suspiciously, keeping her collar up. Yeah, I was going to say, neither of the about. two guys yeah. are like... Mina, why are you holding your collar tight and like this, that? This is this is pure from the book, isn't it? That most of what goes wrong in the latter half of the book is because the men totally discount females. Yeah. Don't tell them what's going on. Don't take any interest in their day-to-day stuff. What good are they? And this is the same. If if Arthur and uh, Van Helsing had have shown a bit of interest, they could easily see what's going on. But no. No, no. Um, so they go to the Undertaker's. Dracula's white coffin isn't there. No. Um, and but Arthur's... he left the stands there. Yeah. Very, very yeah. Um, I like the way um, Arthur goes, I know of an old neglected graveyard. Maybe yeah. he's gone there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, no, they're going to go and check it out. And Arthur insists that Mina takes Arthur's cross and her hand is burnt when she's yeah. forced to touch it. Yeah, which again, nice, nice little touch. Yeah, nice, nice, nice little scene. I like the scene that's coming up now, which is you know, Van Helsing says we're going to wait and watch for Dracula to return yes. to Mina because he will come back. So that night they're staking out the garden. I guess one person in the front, one in the back. Um, but Dracula's already inside. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really clever, nice touch. Really, yeah, well done that. Yeah, they're they're waiting outside all night. Meanwhile, Drac is like, ha ha, I'm in the cellar, you buggers. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a lovely touch. It's very, very cleverly done. Yeah, and the Japanese, as I say, the, the Japanese uh, extra bit is when, for, for the longest time, you know, you have Dracula lean down to Mina's neck and we have that cut to the owl screeching outside. Yeah. But the Japanese cut, it is more sensual because he his lips caresses hers before yeah, then heading down. He? Yeah, he likes a nuzzle. A nuzzle yeah. yeah. Um and uh, yeah, Arthur finds Mina almost dead, and so we have the transfusion yeah. scene from the book. Straight from the book, yeah, which we um we don't usually get in films. Right. Um, and I love the way everything now hinges on one line um, yes. from Van Helsing because he tells Arthur, you're going to be very weak, have some have tea, some wine, coffee, yeah. better still, some wine, yeah. right? But And they ask Gerda for some more wine, but she refuses to go down the cellar because Mina's told her not to. And instantly, Van Helsing knows, yeah. doesn't oh, he? Oh, he's thinking, yeah, he's straight away. And I like this. There's none of this later on when he's working out what, Alucard means on a bit of paper. He's straight away, oh shit, Dracula's in He the legs house. it. He legs yeah. it down to that cell. The, the film goes mad now. Everything yes. is like breakneck it's speed. It's one big chase. Which, again, the, the the last chapter of the novel is the same. Yeah. It's one long chase across Europe. Um, but this, yeah, it's really good. And I love I love this because he goes down, he, he goes into the cell. I know what you're going to say. Down the stairs, and then Dracula comes in like. Just the vicar or something. It's like, oh, he's at the top of the stairs. <laughs> so where was he in the house? I don't know. Was he nipped to the toilet? I reckon. I don't but... like they've ADR'd a snarl yes, onto Christopher yeah. Lee, haven't they? Yeah. 
he does this silly little snarl as he locks the door and locks Van Helsing in. Yeah, so he's got keys and everything. So he does know what locks are. Yeah. Lock your own house, mate. You'll, you'll know about this later. <laughs> about five minutes' time, mate. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Arthur lets Van Helsing out. Um, we find out from Gerda that Dracula has taken Mina. She's all hysterical. So old Peter Cushing gives her a good old slap across the face. Oh, God, you wouldn't yeah. do have that now, would you? No. Yeah, a bitch slapping the maid. No, he's, he'd be on a list now, wouldn't he? Yeah. So we've got the frantic race back to the castle. Yeah. We have stop for the comedy checkpoint scene. Yeah. I like it's... the... Um, the, the... Uh, they just find a dead coach driver. Mm. It's like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Move no, on. no remorse for him. Yeah. We have discussed this on Effectively Speaking, the end of this film, and I think we, we have, have asked on that, why when Dracula reaches the castle, does he stop and dig a grave for Mina? I don't know. It's such a weird scene, this. Yeah, he's, he's burying her alive, hasn't he? Which yeah. is presumably, I, is that needed for the, the vampirification process? But... Um, don't do it now. What are you hoping for? I, I have no idea. And that's when, you know, Van Helsing and Arthur arrives. Look, goes yeah. Arthur as Dracula runs away. And, uh, yeah, frantic now. We have this frantic chase up yeah. the stairs. It's so so physical, this, <laughs> yep. this bit. Yep. Um, it's, it's brilliant. I think we, we discussed it as one of, you know, cinema's great sort of... Um, End scenes. It's yeah. so well done. <clears throat> Obviously, you know everyone knows that that the stories about it that um, Peter Cushing came up with, not using, not pulling another cross, uh, but so use the two candelabra, yeah, the candlesticks. Yeah. Um, and of course, because we're watching the Japanese cut, we get a much more graphic uh, death. To... Before that, though, mm. before that. Much kudos to Peter Cushing getting up on that table, running the length of the table, yes, leaping yeah. and pulling those curtains down. It's all in one shot. It's all in yeah. camera, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 great. I mean, he, he was a much younger man in these films, wasn't he, than later on? But uh, even it, so, it's so physical. That it's is so Peter good. Cushing. That's yeah. no Vic Armstrong or anyone like that. That's yeah. Peter Cushing doing that. Yeah, I imagine he probably they probably said to him. Okay, you um, make your way around the table, and it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. I'll do this. Yeah. You know, brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Japanese version. Now, you, you, you know, until it was found, you know, there was talk of it. It, it was yes. al- almost mythical, this, th- th- this gorier demise of Dracula. But when you actually watch it, it's, 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 much. it's peeling a bit of rubber off yeah. of Christopher Lee's face, isn't it? You know? Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly. Um, up there with the thing, you know. What I mean, it's not, it's not. You're not going to watch it and go, "Oh my god, this changes everything." Yeah, it. I don't know why it was cut. It's interesting, it but it, it yeah, it, it's interesting to yeah, see. It doesn't change things, and it's interesting in a way because we've seen this so often. We can notice the slightest change in it. Yeah, you know, the slightest change in color grading. You go, "Oh, yeah. this looks different." Um, so it's interesting in that respect, but it doesn't really add anything to it. No. It's a bit of a if you're if you're buying, you know, a Blu-ray because it's got uh, extra gory scenes, you're probably going to be disappointed. No, no, no. Um, and you know, whichever version you watch, the thing that always you know looks a bit silly to me are those eyes staring out of the grey yes. ashen <laughs> face. That that they're too bright and they're too close together. Yeah. Yeah, it does look a bit weird. It does. Um, 
And then we have the very first in Hammer of the uh, Dracula just fading away to dust to leave the ring behind. Yes. Now, is that a, a, a get-out clause? Because uh, the camera focuses on the ring. Is that to signify, or signify, signify, oh, um, you know, the possibility of a sequel? I think so. I think it's a, a get-out of jail free characters. If, if they, they, they knew, I think, that they wanted to do others if it was successful. Mm. Um so yeah, it's, there's there's many ways you could bring Dracula back if you got his ring. If someone puts his ring on, they're possessed. By there's so many ways you could do it. So yeah, I think that's definitely a, a nod to. Yeah, because yeah. now you know they had the Quater masses. They've got Curse of Frankenstein. They know that this most probably is going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Keep it open ended because you know we might be making another one. You know. Yes, exactly. You don't uh, you don't burn your bridges, do you? No, and Hammer certainly didn't. Um, all right, so uh, that's film discussion over. Normally, we talk about the uh, the the person or the whatever behind the uh, subject of of today. Um, but it's Christopher Lee, just Christopher as it was Lee, last yeah. time. So no actor talk, no Hammer Time talk. Just I've got re listen to episode one. Yes, um, yeah, for his score and everything. A couple of things on the monster facts. Um, Number one is Christopher Lee took the lead role. No one else was considered. Um, yeah, right. Hammer didn't put it out for auction. They uh, Audition, sorry. Um, it was only ever going to be Christopher Lee. Um, and I've just thought, what would the film have been if it had been Peter Cushing as Dracula and Christopher Lee I as think, Van Helsing? I mean, they're both great actors doing different things. I couldn't see... Because they could have gone with that, thinking Peter Cushing's played the villain in Frankenstein. He's our new villainous actor. But I don't think it would be anywhere near as good. I don't, I'd love to see him play a vampire, but I don't think it would work as well as this does. No, I mean, Christopher Lee's height works yes. incredibly well. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good Dracula in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's also that very famous press uh ex press show in exchange wasn't it where they uh i can't remember which which how executive it was but said um we're making christopher lee a sexy dracula um and then peter cushion looked quite shocked and they said don't worry we'll make you a sexy sherlock holmes as well <laughs> um i don't think peter cushion really in 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 that sort of british fashion i don't think he really Coveted the sexy roles, did he? No, 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 that wasn't for him. Him. No, um, the other fact I've got, um, is that that first iconic entrance of Dracula in this film, he was supposed to be carrying a black hat when he walked in, but wardrobe mistress Molly Abelthnot. There's a name. That's a name. Uh She ignored the script direction. She didn't think it was needed, so she left it out. I, uh, I agree with that. I wonder what sort of hat it would have been. Top hat? Trilby? I can't... I'm now picturing Dracula with various to flat cap. It's not going to work, is it? You can't picture Trilby? it. Trilby? No. Yeah. No. Bowler? Fez? No. Yeah. Fez. <laughs> All right. So, here we go. Our second uh, vote in, then. So, the design of Christopher Lee as Dracula out of 10. I um, I understand. So, in the original novel, 
um, Dracula, when he's in his home castle, his homeland, he's dressed in attire suitable for his castle. And then he comes to Britain and he's, he's attending parlour uh, get-togethers. That. So he dresses in his, his finest uh, Baylor Lugosi opera gear. Mm. Makes perfect sense. I don't quite know why this version of Dracula is wearing a cape and evening wear. <laughs> In his castle, or there doesn't seem a lot of, of, of other than Dracula wears this style of clothing now, um, to the design. But having said that, I do like this design of Dracula. I think it works. It suits Christopher Lee to be a bit more plainer than mm-hmm. Baylor had. Um, I don't think it would have worked as well if he had been wearing sort of. Eastern robes or something, mm. you know, in his home thing. So, score wise, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna score it an eight. As an eight, fun. okay. Well, I gave it a ten. Oh well, because it's a classic. You know, yeah. color or black and white. You see a still of Christopher Lee as Dracula from this first one. Just yeah. an outright classic. Yeah, it doesn't make a lick I know of sense. He, um, he wanted to give him a, a tash like in the book. Didn't yeah. He? That wouldn't have worked, I don't think. No. Okay, it... I, you know what? I, you're, you're right. You've taught me. I'm going to go up to a nine. A nine. So, yeah. Okay. So that's a nine and a half. All right. And how effective um, is Christopher for, for As Dracula in this film, he is 100% effective. He He's animalistic when he needs to be. He's suave and charming at the beginning when he needs to be. I believe he's attacking these women and guzzling their blood. Um, 10 out of 10 for me. A 10. Yeah. Now, I've just given him a 10, and I would have given him a 10, all right? Yeah. Except oh, for that snarl at oh, the right, end. the dubbed one. Yeah, the dubbed one. Is that his, his fault, though? Or, I don't know. Mm, but it had, it's part yeah. of the effectiveness no, no, I, quotient. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I'm dropping him down to 9.75, oh, all right? So it's not, it's, it's not much of a drop, all yeah. right? So that gives him a final hammer tally of 9.875. So we'll call that 9.9, all right? 9.9, yeah. 9.9. So he's 9.9, and his Frankenstein's creature, his final tally was 5.5. So that is 4.4 points above. He, he's learned a lot between the two films, hasn't he? Yeah. Or he's just realised that he's got a, he can do things his way or it's just a better part let's mm. be honest yeah i think i'm going to know the answer to this but who is your favorite dracula christopher lee or bella lugosi my favorite is Bela. i thought uh, you would say that yeah. i i mean objectively christopher lee in this one is probably a better dracula but then you've got all the rest where it just becomes almost jokey um but Baylor, he only ever played Dracula on screen twice. Um, I, I, he, to me, he is Dracula. When you think of Dracula, you think of either the Count from Sesame Street or Baylor, and the yeah. Count from Sesame Street was based on Baylor. So, yeah, I, I prefer Baylor Lugosi. Yeah, but a, a totally in any objective measure, this is a better film than the thirty-one Dracula. Yes, yeah, agree. And I'm assuming then, were you saying that that it? Beats Curse of Frankenstein, then? 
Yes, yeah, this goes straight in at number one. Yeah, same for me too. Because I mean, here in this film, I mean, you've got you've got the classic lineup because you've got the James Bernard score. You've got Jack Asher do, doing the director of photography. You've got Bernard Robinson set designer. You've got Terence Fisher, the director, and you've got Anthony Hydens, the producer. You, you put all them together, and you yeah. have got Hammer Gold, haven't you? And I, I think. Because you had a great deal of talent on Curse of Frankenstein and they were pulling out most of the stops. But I think coupled with that and the fact they learnt so much between the two films of what they could do, how they should do it, what works best, that this is the pinnacle of of Hammer. And they, I think this was, they had the best talent on it, the most will to do it mm. without being constrained by we're making a Hammer film, as it you know, because Hammer wasn't the thing then. It was you know, we're still working out what Hammer was. It, it was the most inventive, best cast, some of the best acting, and it was setting it them down, on their you know, way as yeah. well, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was cementing in stone what a Hammer film was. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is the pinnacle. Not to give too much away, but <laughs> well, downhill we'll... from now. <laughs> Well, let's see. Let's see. Um, And uh, let's see who we're going to talk about next time. Um, And next time, I mean, what Ian and I are going to be doing, we're going to take it in turns in surprising uh, the other person and the listener by announcing at the end of each episode what the next film is going to be that we're going to discuss. But we actually know what the next film is. Don't we? Yes, this was all, always sort of a plan, wasn't it? This was always this. a plan because yeah. this show has been in our heads for over a year. Yeah. It must be, yeah, it is over a year because. It's probably over a year, yeah. Yeah, the next film we're going to talk about, I mean, we're going a good, what, <coughs> excuse me, 13 years forward. We're talking yes, vampires yeah. again, but uh, we're Very going to 71. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'm choking up just at the thought of it. <coughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry, listen, I'm sorry, Ian. No. Next time, we are going to be talking about Lust for a Vampire. Yes. And the reason we're going to talk about Lust for a Vampire is uh, it's going to be a bit of a special one, this, isn't it? Because we have our very first guest star. We have, yeah. We, we, we've shut our bolt early. <laughs> and we've, we've lined up the best for you guys straight away. Yes, so, yeah, next time, Lust for a Vampire, with guest star Judy Matheson. Yes. Um, as I say, this this show's been in, in, in plan, been planned out for over a year, and, and last year we talked to Judy, and at the end of that we said, well, we're thinking about doing a Hammer show when our yes, Alien right, show yeah. finishes, so uh, would you like to come along and have a natter? And uh, we had a natter with her the other day, did we not? Yeah, and it was a, a lovely... Wonderful natter. We were up in her bedroom, weren't we? We were, yes, yeah. We, uh, she had her feet up and everything. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was a, a, a wonderful chat, a wonderful interview. Um, I think we all learned something. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was thoroughly enjoyable. I can't wait. I can't wait to discuss the film as well. Yeah. And uh, can't wait for you, listener, to, to listen to it. Yeah. I think also this is going to be a special uh, episode in the, I'm, I'm, I think, because I haven't watched it apart from, you know, um, uh, Judy's scenes for our interview. I haven't watched it for a while, but we've got multiple people to vote on because we've got Masilla, yeah, 
And but we've got Count Karnstein, Car- old yeah. Mike Raven, haven't we? Yeah, we got Mia Carla. Mia Carla, that's it. Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, Count Karnstein. And that strange woman. Yeah. Isn't there a strange woman in a cloak as well? A, yeah. So there's Count Karnstein's. I, th- I think it's his wife or something. But we could also discuss the uh, the pervy uh, Ralph Bates. Should we put him on the list as I think well? We put him on the list as well. He yes. should go on a list somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is on a list. Hanging around girls' schools. Yeah, um, Giles Barton then goes Giles on Barton, it. Giles Barton, that's it, yes. Who we, you know, we, we've got some interesting things to learn about him. Um, yeah, so we've got multiple villains. Have we got any heroes? Other than Judy. We don't discuss um, the hero. Well, we don't no. vote for the heroes. We discuss no, we the vote. heroes. We will discuss them, but. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an interesting little film. I've watched it a couple of times now in preparation for talking to Judy, and um, I think it's gone up in my estimation a bit because I sort of I'm coming at it straight after Dracula. Wow, it's a shock, but I sort of feel I know what they were trying for now. So yeah, it it'll be an interesting one to discuss. Yeah, and Judy had words to say about that as did, well, yes. didn't she? So uh, yeah, hopefully in two weeks' time. We will be well somewhere else in Europe. Where we will be, yeah, some other some other place in Europe. We've got to make um, a note of all these places and yeah, maybe come up with a fictional map, map at yeah, some that point. Would be good. A yeah, map of where everything is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, join us then, and um, yeah, will you lust for the vampire as well? <laughs> well, we'll find out, won't we? Good stuff. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, listener. No Thanks, See you next time. Bye bye.